Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. All right, everybody. Welcome. This is episode uh, 208. I had to check that. 208 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest today, um, a repeating guest, I think a very important guest, and, I, and I'm, I'm excited to jump into what we have to talk about today. Um, Sue Matten, Susan, Susie, a lot of different names, but she looks by <laughs> Sue to most people. Uh, she's the Vice President for Economic Development at the North Country Chamber of Commerce. Um, I've, she's been on before. We dived into her background um, from IHOP to ch- the chamber to everything in between that um, arguably one of the heaviest hitters locally on the economic uh, scene and um, has done a lot of good for many years. And she just said, if we wrap this up quicker than normal, she's going back to work. And I think that's what most people know her as is just a, <laughs> a go-getter and someone that's, that's really leading a Leading the charge on many fronts, but especially for the economic development in the chamber and everything else. So, Sue, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Did I wrap? That was that was. Oh, a good you, intro? I mean, that was really long, and my head's now swollen. I feel like I, I feel like I got to give you like an award now, and just like ever <laughs> come across the stage. And if hand it's it out. green and has four leaf clovers on it, that'll be good. Well, be careful what you wish for. I got enough trinkets up there. I can I can send you home with something. So, um, so Sue, since you last came on, you've traveled the world. You've been. I, I'm surprised you're even in the states right now. Having you, um, you just got back from what Germany? Well, I just got back from Germany, and then I went on vacation with my family. So I just got back from Myrtle Beach after I got back from Germany. So, and I'm off to I'm off to Avon for a score conference on Thursday. Where's Avon? It's near Rochester. Really? Yeah, I'll be there for a day. Okay, that's just a little quick. Just a little quick thing. Drop right? in, strut your stuff, and get out. Uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about canceling businesses. So, so what? So first off, let's these events, these things you go to. Do they fire you up? Or are they kind of like oh, I wish I didn't have to travel? Or do you get excited to go on them? Well, usually I get excited to go on them. Um, you know, it depends on what it is, of course. But, but uh, yeah, that's one of the things that is 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 talking to people who are passionate about uh, helping businesses and uh, and the kind of person that wants to do that they're they're fun to be around what so right now obviously we're economic development's part of your title the economy right now is a little there's things that are happening that are, are kind of all over the place and mm-hmm. uh, how is this um, how, how, how are you navigating right now like what's your what's your what's your pulse on what's going on right now or thoughts on the on your pulse Amazingly, here in in our area, things are really still going well. Uh, you know, we still are having, especially since COVID has, uh, they've they've dropped some of the requirements from Canada. You know, for a long time, it was really really hard for people to come down from Canada because they couldn't get back easily, and so that was uh, difficult for the companies to make expansion plans. But since they've dropped that, um, and really for the uh, the last probably four or five, six months, we've really seen a lot of uh, interest from Canadian companies. 
again, uh, that we're maybe on the back burner for a little while, and people are visiting us, and we're having conversations with them. So, so when, when everything was happening, because I mean, you came on over COVID, like, mm-hmm. and you know the sentiment then, and, and you know having other people from the chamber, and just other local people, like the borders closed, border obviously being a big gateway for us economically and for culturally and everything else. Um, did a lot of the people that you're dealing with now have the? Were they in conversations to do stuff and kind of pause for two years, but didn't really lose the momentum or the maybe momentum, but the faith of coming back down? Yeah. Or are, you th- are these? Or are these like some new pe- new businesses? Some, that- um, I think that one of the things that happened in in COVID is that some pe- some businesses either found that there was an opportunity that maybe didn't exist before, or found there was necessity that they didn't exist before. So I really, really need to be in the United States because um, it's harder to do business from from this other country. So I need to have a presence there. Or there's a new opportunity for things that used to be done in a different way. And now my business and what I do, whatever it is, um, is something that's needed. And I think there's room for business growth in my sector. And so we're seeing some of both of those. But some are also uh, companies we were talking to before. And so that kind of was on pause for a little while. Are, are most of these within the, um, the transportation cluster? Some of them, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, quite a, quite a few. But not all of them. There are just... When you look at the economic, um, the manufacturing community here, it's, to me, it's amazing when you look at all the different things that are made here. It's just uh, uh, the variety of things that are made. Well, I think, um, and and again, some of these being Canadian or or international or uh, U.S. businesses, but I think the common person drives around and they see a warehouse or they see a factory or even see like a small little building. And most of these places have names that don't mean much right you know alstrom like these uh you know even bombardier or norsk you drive by like what the heck's norsk you don't right? yeah like you, <laughs> and i mean we now know about it or you know like, like we know we but know titanium is from the cost versus the the you know the the strength for it it's very good like there's good mm-hmm. ratios and all this thing with um uh, but realistically like most people driving by have no clue what these places no. are what's in there yeah. i don't know what's in there and i don't i, I don't ever, i never see coming anybody in there or, or what they do like we have what eighty thousand people in our county ballpark. Like, yeah, I would argue that if you told me eight hundred people knew what was going on in most of these places, I'd be shocked. I yeah, see- I don't know if what the number would. Well, probably if you add up all the people who are working in well, manufacturing. I mean, I mean, people that aren't in it, but oh, like yeah. just the common person driving around. Yeah, unless you're tied in some some way with business or you're just someone that's kind of connected. Like most right. people don't no, know. And there's plenty don't. of companies I have no clue what they are. If you told me. Um, what was it like? Uh, what's the company that's on the base? It's like, it's right on New York Road. It's on the right. It's right across from West Side. Uh, it's near SimQuest. It's like three uh, M's or three something. Oh, a three wire. Yeah, like you. If you told me that, I'm like, I've driven by it. I've seen the name. I have no clue what they do. Like, yeah. I mean, and not that they're probably a fantastic company, but I'm someone that. Why would you need to know? Why would it? Yeah, exactly. Why would I need to know? And then you drive past, you go through the industrial boulevard and you're looking at um, what used to be camoplast. It's something different now. Yeah. 
Um, but same thing. Like I don't know what that is. Well, I, I, it make they make seats for uh, for buses and trains and things, and uh, and and so you mean you need you need those and uh, they're yeah. they're something Essential, some, right? something for people to sit on. Um, there, if you look at the things that go into buses and trains. Mm-hmm. The, the number of things that are there, there are thousands of parts and they're made by dozens of companies. And so you would have uh, someone who makes wiring harnesses who even knew that they needed wiring harnesses. If you mm-hmm. think about it, once you see it, I, I see it and I say, well, yeah, they got to get the electricity from one place to another mm-hmm. to turn the lights on and power the engine. But I wouldn't normally, and probably most people don't normally think, huh, wonder if there's wires in there and who makes them. Yeah. But somebody has to make them, right? Well, it's almost uh, it's like mold, right, with the caps. Yeah. Like, And they're like caps, like the caps for medicine bottles. And you're like, yeah, duh, someone's got, someone has, has to, to make, make that. Those, you know? yeah. and, and, uh, but when you especially do it on a mass scale and it's something that is usable, I mean, that's kind of the idea with, with a lot of businesses. There's got to be demand for whatever mm-hmm. you're making or supplying. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're out of business. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I mean, even like I'm drinking tea, like someone makes all these things that go on yeah. millions and millions of tea bags yeah. that, every day. Yeah. I don't know who they are. I don't even know if it's says Bigelow. I think it could, you know, someone, <laughs> but when you really look at the supply chain, like I actually, my last guest was, um, uh, uh, doctor, I was gonna say Brian, Dr. Naruther from, um, oh, from the, Classic from, State. from the legit, the logistics school. Yeah. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. was my advisor in supply chain management. So we mm-hmm. started talking about supply chain, like mm-hmm. how things, you know, function and obviously, the way the economy's affected that, and, and uh, you know, it's it's fascinating because it's such an intricate system, mm-hmm. and I think most people take it for granted. We just expect it to show up. We expect it to be on the shelf. We well, expect we it to be there. Did we did? Yes, I think maybe <laughs> I we're getting. I think a little... we. I think we that that people now are more aware that if things don't come. Then you don't get your car, and you can't buy your your uh, stuff to make your sidewalk, and you can't, you know, all of these things affect another thing. And people are, you know, saying, "Well, it took me seven years or three years or whatever to get this project done," and the reason is that this supply chain part didn't work, and then there was the labor shortage, and then there was this, and projects are just taking so much longer right now. If, from the start of Let's say from uh, January 2020 to now, it, businesses locally, what is the, if you had to guess, are we up in businesses since January 2020? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. If I were to guess, I would say we're probably about even, and it depends on which sector you're talking about, right? Yeah. If you look at manufacturing, I think there's it's probably about even because we've had some that have gone and some that have come in. Uh, if you look at the vacancy rate, which is your business, mm-hmm. right, um, you would find that the vacancy rate is pretty low still. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is an indication that things are going pretty well. Um, if you look at uh, retail, I think retail's having a tougher time. Yeah, and I think there's there's certain sectors too. Like I'm starting to see since 2020 a lot of smaller businesses, a lot of one person, two person operations, you know, start. And I mean, you got that's like a very small business. You know, mm-hmm. it could be a couple people. Um, obviously, all the way up to like a Schluter, you know, locally that has a lot of employees. Lot of and employees. I I think uh, you obviously need all of it to make the the world go around or the the, mm-hmm. the economy to go around. But I find that like you said, it's different different sectors. Like I unfortunately I went through the mall like two weeks ago for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. and it's starting to become like a kind of a ghost town in there which i remember as a kid 
that was where you went. It was very vibrant and there was stuff all over the place. And, you know, when you start looking at some, some companies that had been there for years, you're like, man, like that company left and that company left. And, you know, so there's some of that, but then I see, like you said, the vacancy rates, I mean, we're constantly getting people like, I need, I need a storefront. I need, you know, Mm -hmm. I need something. I need apartment. Well, I mean apartments, but I need a, you know, I want to open up this business and I need a place to to have a brick and mortar. And, Mm -hmm. um, that to me, like I said, in my small part of the economy is like something I look at from a, as a good indicator. Mm-hmm. And obviously I try to keep up on the stuff of the chamber and the things that you put out in the newsletters and emails and stuff. But it seems that things are, you know, still, still climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe like I said, you had a little bit of a pause, but I think the correction is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously now our, our new, uh, our new challenge is getting through kind of the correction of the economy and just kind of seeing where that plays out. But we've always had change. I mean, as a nation, we've had change, right? And, and, um, and change is painful, (laughs) but, but the technologies that we're seeing now, I mean, it's, it's, it's really uh, interesting the things that are done now with technology. And again, COVID kind of taught us some of that, that we did these things virtually that we'd never done virtually before. Mm -hmm. And now I think we're finding people kind of want to go back to being in person. That wasn't good there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and, uh, so they're finding new ways to do that. And some of the things that we did virtually for a while. I see. We're, I think we're seeing now a little bit more of. I'd like to go back to having at least some uh, In physical person, contact. Of, right. Yeah. Well, I, I think. Uh, I think two things. Like, so the change. The change of like what COVID forced change. Yes. But I would argue that in, in our business too. I think. It's kind of like anything else. It, it forces you to change, and I think that everybody gets a comfort level with change because it's in that it's, you're in that comfort zone, and mm-hmm. it, you know it doesn't really push you out. But I think one of the things, at least me personally, that COVID opened my eyes of was twofold. One, on a personal level, of you know time with family and and really mm-hmm. trying to focus on you know some of the you know maybe not, not biting off more than I can chew at times. And I think so, I've tried to simplify my life down a little bit on mm-hmm. the, on that side, but I've also tried to simplify my life down on the business side because I'm finding that things that I've seen and not necessarily just me in practice, but things maybe I've read, things that I've saw with other people, things that I've come across just being out and about. I'm like, Hmm, that could work in our business. That could work in our business. And it's, it's more efficiency. It's more mm-hmm. leverage. It, it's, stuff that we weren't doing because Mm -hmm. we were comfortable and we just kind of was like, okay, things are working. We're doing some different stuff. But when COVID forced things and then it kind of made me evaluate certain things in my business, my life that I wanted to change around there. So you got me in the habit. Um, We're sitting here knocking things over. If we didn't wave our hands around, it would be better. I know. It's like a bunch of Italians over here talking, but you Italian? You're not Italian. No, I'm Italian. I'm English. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't think so. I'm Irish. I no Italian in me, but um, besides my hands. So Right. Besides um, the hands. (laughs) um, But... I, I think what it did was it it personally it forced me into looking at some more efficient models and changing some systems up and change in a good way. Meaning mm-hmm. I'm excited about the, the change that's going to come, but it came after a little bit of a chaotic period where it's right. like, well, I'm spinning. I'm like, because I was trying like not to change, but things were forcing change. But when mm-hmm. I embraced the change mm-hmm. and, and like, okay, I can see how this could work. Now it's like, okay, I needed that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, are you finding that? In the like, say, let's say at the chamber, and then also with people that you're dealing with, their needs might be different than they were. A year oh yeah, or two ago. absolutely, absolutely. What do you find the biggest change would be? 
Well, the the use of technology and um, in in our business in the in the chamber business, I think we found ways to communicate that we probably should have been implementing prior to mm-hmm. COVID, and we learned better ways to communicate with the businesses with our members that we had not implemented before, and that was forced by. By uh, we were we were slowly on a path, mm-hmm. but then you had to do it now, right? Uh, yeah. We we when when the when COVID first happened, we had some uh, programming that we needed to do. We needed to let the businesses know what was going on. How how were they going to be able to operate their businesses? Were they going to be able to operate their businesses at all? And when might they, if they had to close, be able to reopen? We needed to tell people about what the government was saying, and we needed to be able to do it very quickly because mm-hmm. they were in serious uh, trouble with not being able to serve their customers or make any money. So we needed to find a way to do that. And we said, okay, well, we've heard about these uh, platforms, you know, these virtual platforms. Uh, and we said, well, we better, we better figure this out. So we had like three days to figure out how to do that, get all the information to the members, get the equipment that we needed, mm-hmm. figure out how to do that. And we did. We did because we had to. And now we do all stuff. We do stuff all the time like that. Well, the one, the one thing I've noticed with the chamber over the last few years few years or since 2020 is i don't want to say transparency but i want to say the um the increase in like you said the communication aspect like mm-hmm. we're, I, I get stuff from the chamber almost every day in some facet and yeah. there's plenty of stuff that i just ignore or i delete because yeah. it doesn't really apply yeah. there's plenty of stuff i click on and read mm-hmm. um i like to try to stay knowledgeable on a I'm going to call it like a cocktail kind of person. Like I want to know enough that I can be at a co- like yeah. a cocktail party where I could carry on a discussion about a topic. I don't, I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to write a, a novel on this topic, but I could at least connect the dots and, and, and look at kind of the, the, I call it the, the macro um, similarities in a lot of our businesses mm-hmm. that you, or, or how we feed off of each other. But I think between the chamber and then you get like, you know, strictly business and you get some of these magazines and obviously just the paper and you're starting to read about you know, lo- could be a local event, could be a local topic, could be something that we're, you know, the chamber's warning us against, like, hey, the border has got open because these are what's going to happen. Yeah. And a lot mm-hmm. of that is allows, personally allows me because I take that information, it allows me to process in my brain and talk to people, obviously in the real estate front, but I'm sure plenty of people in the area are taking it and filtering it their own way to speak to their people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I that's think- That's the hope. Yeah, that's the, exactly. And mm-hmm. I think the more that we can be educated- and I think the more that people can learn and really try to take in good information, not you know trashy like scrolling on your phone and all this like junk stuff, <laughs> but really try to take in some better information each day, it makes our outputs better. Mm-hmm. I think the chambers led the front on that. I mean, COVID was without a doubt they were one of my biggest resources for, especially in the early days. But I think even now it's I think that's that's a change that you you guys all made that has stuck and i think it's a it was probably a good thing where it's like hey we got to learn it but once we learn like wow this is a really powerful tool yeah and we can provide all of this information now to people quickly Mm -hmm. that they have timely and factual information about what's going on and what they might need to know and we hope that that then becomes useful to them and that they are able to make their businesses more successful because of that and be more involved in their community where, where do you think the biggest opportunity is right now for um, 
the economy locally? Or people, this could be people coming in from investments or just even people locally that are doing some work. Where do you think that there's some like low-hanging fruit or some or a, lot, or a need of something in the area? Well, uh, we, are, we are seeing that the transportation um, manufacturing sector, um, there, there's some big contracts out there. You know, uh, there was just an announcement today, you know, Nova Bus got another, another uh, uh, order for five more electric buses, you know. And there's that Job kind of thing. Like well, yeah, yeah right? Um, those, those companies, as they get the contracts, now those that supply them, the the Spencer area ARLs and the Imacos and the Elegance Coatings and all of those people, they now will have more uh, business. So that is a multiplier. The those big OEMs we call them, um, those are big multipliers for the community because when they get a contract and they're building a bus or a plane part or a or a or a train. There are all these other companies that now will be providing them with the parts that go in those. So that has been for us, and that is why we got into this uh, sector to begin with. Was and that was because uh, there will always be a need for things to move, mm-hmm. and move people, and move cargo, and so it is a good sector for us to be in. And we had a manufacturing culture here that had been around for 200 years. And so it was, it was for us, it was low-hanging fruit. We had a company that came in from Bardier, and they started to need things, and we started to help them. And then we saw, hmm, this is going, is something that we can capitalize on. In, in, um, in technology, um, we're seeing companies that are doing interesting things with products that are uh, kind of niche products, uh, like things like fermented uh, vegetables or, you know, I mean, who knew? But, stuff you want to think of. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, companies that are doing creative things or companies that are um, consulting with other companies or for other companies to help them to deal with technology or deal with regulations or deal with, with, um, staffing, uh, challenges or other things. And we're seeing those kind of people here because they don't have to be somewhere else. And it's again, because of technology, mm-hmm. they don't need to be in the city of New York. They don't need to be in Washington, DC. And although I don't think there's going, that there's a huge, uh, number that are that are migrating out of the cities. There are some, and in a community our size, or say Essex or Willsboro, three, four, five people move into the community and decide to be there and invest there and become a part of the volunteer community there. Because most of the people who move here want to be involved in their community. They want yeah. to be a part of the community. And that's been a real big plus for us. Well, I think, so... This a uh, couple weeks ago, I had a client. We actually went out. To, it was it was a real fun time. We went out to dinner with them on a, a Saturday, and they had they bought a property up here. Yep. First ever foray into kind of like the investment world. Um, they live in New York City, mm-hmm. and they love it up here. Mm-hmm. And you know, asking questions, and um, they're both very um, inquisitive in the sense of like, okay, like what's like what's going on? 
what's the future look like? Like what's, what's the good, bad, what's the, you know, what's the opportunities, like all this stuff. And you could see, and they're not the first person I've had this conversation with since 2020. And I find that one of the things I think will be beneficial, I think we'll look back on, I could be wrong, but I think we're going to look back on history and realize that, you know, a positive you could take out of the pandemic was that we were having, um, possibly more eyes on us or more or people have now put it more in their uh it's not necessarily out of vision it might be in the peripheral vision that like hey that's it's kind of a slower pace but i like it i mean we have enough Mm -hmm. college kids that come up and and they you know kids from the city come up here and it's totally different environment but a lot of them thrive up here and they like it and i think that same idea when these people get out of the city and they realize like it's far up but it's it's kind of cool and it's like the reasons we all love it and i think right. you know everybody's human i think they're gonna find there's good things about it too and so when they asked like opportunity and i think or i should say our biggest opportunity and our biggest detriment one of the things that i pointed to is we need people like this couple to come up and invest in the area mm-hmm. twofold one obviously it helps when you're paying taxes and you're, you're bringing just kind of the economic mm-hmm. act, aspect of uh exchanging um you know, from the monetary perspective, but I said, number two is you're bringing your ideas, you're bringing your experiences, right. you're bringing your connections to our area yep. that then in turn gets thrown into the melting pot of the area. And it just kind of keeps churning ideas. And, and, and it's like anything else, you're making things better. You're sharpening the sharpening the sword or whatever you want to call it. But I told him, I said, we need more people like you that are willing to um, invest, take a risk, whatever you want to call it. But come up here and establish some type of, um, mm-hmm. we call it like buying a home, build your community mm-hmm. or bu- buying a home, builds the community or whatever you want to buy it. But you're, if you buy a home, you're investing in that area because mm-hmm. real estate's not a quick flip. So like when we say people coming up like that or in your sector, starting businesses, I don't think there's a bigger win for the area than when we bring people in. Right. Personally, right. just for what stems. The, the, we, we, you know, I think we don't want to lose what makes us special. We don't want to be, I don't want to be New York City. I don't want to be Albany. Yeah. But the volume of people moving here is not so large that mm-hmm. we lose that, really. And oh, we've yes. always Correct. had people who came here and wanted to be a part of the community and love the community. I think there's just more attention. As you said, there's more attention on us right now, but there's more attention on a lot of places that are beautiful and mountainous and, you know, have, have water and those kinds of things where people say, Hmm, if I don't need to be in my 900 square foot apartment in New York that I am paying $7,000 a month for, um, maybe I could live a good life in these other areas mm-hmm. and I can still do everything I need to do almost from my, from my home. Yeah. As long as I've it, got an internet connection. Well, that's huge. And I think, I mean, how many people come up from more, you know, Montreal, New York city. And it's like, I like the mountains. I like the lakes. I like not having people on top of me. I like that a 15 minute drive is 15 minutes. That's right. Yeah, like I, and, and I think that- Mile uh, a minute. Well also, well, also too, like ju- purely the fact of how far your dollar goes. You're getting oh, paid yeah. like New York City, but you're living up here, like you, you're doing pretty well. And I think uh-huh. that, um, I think that that's something, and it, there's, we're gonna see opportunity locally for other people to thrive because the lo- some local people may not wanna go to a job down the road, they if they're you know savvy enough and take the you know kind of the risk, it's like hey, I want to try to work somewhere different, but still live here. Mm-hmm. And then and I think that that's going to open up a new 
um, sector. But I think, again, if people are able to realize that your job opportunity at this point is really global. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get sucked in this box of like, I got to work somewhere here. I mean, in my business, like it's, you own a business, you're kind of, there's, especially mine, there's a, a level of geographic boxing that we have. Like yeah. I, can't, I can't sell, I can see Vermont. I can't sell in Vermont. Like there's, I can't sell in Canada. Like yeah, there's certain, like, yeah. Th- like, that's a licensing thing there. Licensing yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm probably not going to drive to Buffalo to go show a home. Like, so there's, no. there's things that you have in our business, but I've been also thinking too, like what could we do in our business that physically doesn't require me to be there, but I could do it from my desk here, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily have to be away from mm-hmm. you know my office. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I talk about efficiency and time and scale and things like that, like what can I do where I, I can really do a whole lot and not have to take the commute. I don't have to do, like, but again, it comes back to that. The, the technology, it comes back to just getting introduced that more the last couple of years of like, wait, mm-hmm. they're doing it. Wait, you live there and you're moving up here and like, yeah, that's right. Why would you need to live there if you can mm-hmm. do it all here mm-hmm. where you have the flexible schedules? and it... I think we're finding people are doing kind of more than one thing now too. There's been a uh, mm-hmm. an increase in... Well, yeah, I do this thing during the week, but I also do this other thing. The side hustle. The, week. the side hustle, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and the side hustle has become, I think, a way that people can still do something that is geographically based. I, I go and I work at my job, but I can also do something that I just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that I that also is a, an additional additional income for me to make me more comfortable. Well, and I think too a lot the side hustle. Unfortunately, not everybody likes their job. I think right? I think you probably fall on the, uh, the, the latter. I like the former, my job the, side. The, the yeah, la- yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Like and you jobs. do. You know, I mean, yes. you can see the passion, um, right? Yeah, there's some people that, that really enjoy what they do. There's some people, unfortunately, that don't. But I think that the people that can take the side hustle, which is typically more of a passion project that they right. like doing, and if they really grind at that, which a lot of times they can do it because they have a passion behind it. They have mm-hmm. that. They have that motivation. That can then turn into their main gig. And I've mm-hmm. seen it. Um, mm-hmm. A girl I know, she owns a. A little was her side hustle, and this about a month ago took the leap of faith, quit her, you know, state paying job kind of thing with benefits, and went totally out on her own and kind of bet mm-hmm. on herself. And you know, you could see you could see the like relief off of her. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's still a level of like, oh crap, I gotta like, <laughs> I gotta I gotta hustle now. But it's that idea that like when you a lot of people when you bet on yourself, it's scary, but it's the biggest payoff. And I think at the end of the day. Like, I don't like people telling me what to do. Not that I won't listen. Not that I'm like this rogue person, but I like having autonomy of my day and my schedule and my, Mm -hmm. my decisions and things. And that's, um, I think that's where I thrive. And I like the creativity. Like Mm -hmm. nobody told me to start a podcast. Nobody told me, tells me what to talk about. Nobody tells me you should invite Sue on the podcast. (laughs) Like I invite Sue because Sue's the best. We love Sue. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You you say that to all the girls. That's... Just you, Sue. Uh-huh. Just you. Uh-huh. Um, the the uh, but it, it, it's one of those. That's where I kind of thrive, and I think for you, um, I feel like you're the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, you, yeah. like you kind, you kind of you. People know it's like we don't know Sue's going to do what Sue needs to do. Like, yeah, I think the thing for me is, um, is the job that I do helps others, mm-hmm. but in a way that. Um, I mean, I could never be some of the things that, that help people that I that really admire people. I, I couldn't be a nurse. I, you know, I just, it's not the kind of thing that, that I would be able to, to thrive in. Mm-hmm. But 
but what I do can help people to be successful. It can help them to have a job. It can help them to have a, a, a business that thrives. And, and so for me, that's exciting. It's exciting when we have a new project, right? And you mm-hmm. have a new company that you're talking to or that might come to the area. Or you're helping an existing business with some kind of thing that, you, you know, that the government has said that is going to make things difficult or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those things make, make a difference. And it's really nice to make a difference. And so I think sometimes, well, you know... <laughs> What should I, you know, should I, should I, uh, should I be doing this still? But I thought, but I, yeah, I love it. So I keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, last time, like when, when you're retiring, you know, like when does time run out? Like, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, yes, I, I, I agree on that front. And I, I think, um, is there ever a time or when is the time that this happens where you're dealing with maybe a new perspective uh, business coming in or investor or something? Where you just feel like you got over the hump where it's like, this is going to happen. Or we just like, we just unlocked in the, like the, the hidden door that we need to unlock to make sure this thing gets done. Always. Because um, in, 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 in the economic development world, things can take six years. Mm-hmm. They can take four years. They can take six months. They probably don't ever take too much less than that, even though everybody wants that mm-hmm. they say i'm gonna be in here in uh, three weeks and you think well they're probably not because they're just things that you have to do in order yeah. to make it happen right but sometimes people will think about it for a while or their businesses model will something will change within their business and what they thought they were going to do is just not what they need to do right now and i i literally had a person who uh, I had been talking to them about a project, and uh, and I we had been back and forth with emails, and and um, and they said, well, you know, I, I just I just don't think I'm going to do that right now. Six years later, he emailed me the original email that I had sent to him, the, the string, right, and said, can you still do this stuff for us? <laughs> and it was things 2016 like 2016 or something. Yeah, right. You know, they have a warehouse here now. And so there was something that clicked there that finally was the thing that triggered, yes, I am. And it wasn't the same thing they were going to do the first time. It was a different thing. But it's a relationship business like your Mm -hmm. business. It's a relationship business. People do business with people. They don't do business with businesses. They do business with people. And when you're showing a house and you're, you know, explaining to them, what the what what the assets of the house are you probably say you know what this one's not right for this person mm-hmm. and then they that you as you get to know them you get to know what it is that they do need and it's the same with the businesses what do they need in order to be able to do what they need they want to do and then therefore what we can help them with so when I got in the business, I learned this early on, and I think I've connected the dots more on this. Is that, you know, I, I find, um, and I, I read this the other day, basically someone that's really, really good and really, really knowledgeable at whatever they're in should be able to explain it to a kid. Because oh, yeah. the idea is that you can dummy it down and ba- get to the basics where most people are too much all over the place. And I've, and I've always felt 
that, and there's a couple things I've been in my life that I really feel that I could do that in mm -hmm. real estate being one of them. I've been doing yeah, it now for, sure. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like ha it's not half my life, but it's pretty, it's getting close to that, which is yeah. insane. Cause I don't think I'm that old, but, um, the, but the, the idea is that I've been able to, or I feel I have the confidence enough to strip down a lot of what real estate is into very, very basic systems, models, um, solutions, things like that. Like most mm -hmm. of the stuff funnels down to the same general like it's area yeah same in your business I oh mean, yeah like okay like, this is a finance this is a, a, a house or this is a government thing this is some real estate part like i i feel like and and i feel confident now that if i don't know the answer i can find the answer so mm -hmm. really i can answer your question i just mm -hmm. i might need to lean on somebody but i know mm -hmm. i have that connection now mm -hmm. um but one of the things that i learned early on that i'm now connecting more and making it more simplified with being like, okay, this is really at the heart of a lot of stuff. When you talk about people do business with people, I've always gone with the idea that they do business with who they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And the know, like, and trust starts, you know, like I know you, I met you at one point. When I met you, I knew Sue, you knew Galen. That was mm -hmm. about it. Yep. You could say, ah, maybe I saw you online, maybe I saw you at an event and I thought you were like a good person, but I didn't really know you, but maybe when you met me, you're like, okay, I know and I like them. Mm -hmm. There's a certain level that then you eventually form a relationship where you trust that person. Like I would have no problem calling you up or asking you a question or even discussing something that I wouldn't openly discuss with somebody I didn't know because I have a level of trust in you. Yep. And the same thing with like, using my business, like I could be telling the same thing to two different people. Mm -hmm. If I know this person better than that person and it's the same, I'm delivering the same, I'm doing everything the same, one person might be mad. One person might be, oh my God, thank God for you told me that. Yeah. But it's a level of trust there. And I, yeah. I deal with that all the time. Like I'll get people that, you know, I might rub someone the wrong way, but I'm like, oh, if I, I'm like, it's probably too, like, unfortunately it's probably too early in our relationship that, that we had to talk about that. But I'm also not going to like not tell you about stuff. Cause at the end of the day, I want right. you to like succeed, whether that's right. a detriment to me, mm -hmm. you know, to me, it's always the, uh, you know, you got to do right by the, the person you're dealing with. But the no like and trust factor, like it's the relationship, but it's such a, it's such an important factor when you mm -hmm. get the person being like, you're my person forever. Like I'm just working with you. Like, okay, well I, I'm deep in that, that trust factor, yeah, which is a good thing. But the, it, well, I say a good thing. It's a great thing. You just, your goal is to try to, you know, get some really good people that are into that trust factor mode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm guessing in your business, you know, you do a lot of stuff that you know may not pay off now, but six years down the road, oh, yeah. because you're a good person or connect to that person or like... Well, it might take a little bit of time, but let me help this person out, and right. people remember that stuff. And you, you, to me, with in our in our business, sometimes you're you're helping people, and you know it's not going to have a, a, an effect right now. Mm -hmm. It just isn't right. You know, you're, this this person is not going to be ready, and you know they're not going to be ready. But you don't know if they will be in the future, mm -hmm. and so that. And it's just the right thing to do, right? People call and they or they or they contact you and they have a question. They have a need they, that they they need to know this thing about a human resource thing, or they need to know this thing about a regulation, or they need to know, you know, what about uh, what about this thing that I hear we're supposed to be doing? And uh, my, I get these all the time, mm -hmm. and it's just that person is really concerned and they're trying to do the right thing. What, where where do you get most of your information? Because you have to stay up to date on a lot of stuff. Like, what's yeah. your what's your daily, weekly like routine? When you were talking about, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to know the encyclopedia about everything. Well, you described an economic developer. Mm -hmm. An economic developer knows people mm -hmm. and knows this. It, we're, we're, we always say we're a mile wide and an inch deep mm -hmm. because 
we can't know everything about every industry that we work at. I don't know what the technology is behind the stuff that's made in the, in the, in a lot of these these manufacturing plants. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a scientist. I don't know these things, but I know to ask the questions that can get me to the point where I can find a person who can answer those questions. So maybe it's maybe it is someone within the government. Maybe it is someone who is at the college. Maybe it's someone who's in real estate. Maybe it's it whatever the situation is, it's it's your network, right? It's mm-hmm. who can you draw upon and it's always different. Every day is different, which was kind of what makes it fun, yeah. right? You know? <laughs> I they're not staring at the same wall for hours every day clicking on buttons. So it's No. Um well, sp- speaking, you said uh, uh, government and stuff. So obviously we have an election in what, two weeks from now? Well, November. A little bit over that? Yeah, yeah. About two weeks? Oh, it's, I think no, it's three a little, weeks. I think it's a little more than that, yeah. I think it's November Because it's a little 7th. late this week, yeah, yeah this month, um, oh, this year. It's what? To, what? It's a year. <laughs> yeah, it's well, November 1st is a Tuesday, and I believe it's supposed to be this, the first Tuesday that's not the first. Not the first. You know, why do they make it so confusing? Anyway, it's yes, like Easter, it is like, the 7th. Yeah, it's right? The 7th, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's literally, I think, the latest that election can be. Well, yeah, because it would have to be because it gets, if it's the first Tuesday that's not the first, then that is the latest that it could be, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Look at us doing math. I know. I know. <laughs> math people. Economic development, real estate. So yeah, yeah, there you basic go. math, though. We just... We, yeah, we, we, <laughs> what you didn't see was we all had our hands out. We were counting numbers. Oh, we're counting the <laughs> um, But so how, how, much does, how much does an election impact you especially when you have like the big one you have the midterms when there's a lot of shake up in the government aspect do you find that that affects a lot of people making decisions so what we try to do is what what we do is we work with in whatever ways we can whoever is in an elected position mm-hmm. so may not agree with everything that they are saying or the things that that they believe in but there are areas there are the where where there there are places we can come together and work together for the betterment of the people here in our area and so although there is change and sometimes we sometimes the the, the change are things that we like and sometimes the thing of change are things we don't like as much mm-hmm. um you work with people in the ways that you can well i think well i mean in the sense of Gary Gary came on and he he said uh, I I support the political party of pro North Country and yeah, like right? and that's yeah. the idea it's like if you're yeah. if you're gonna be good to the North Country we'll we'll back you and I think and obviously I think as a non government like entity it's probably the, has the most pull in the area with ju- just opinions if like if an opinion comes from the North Country Chamber that opinion's taken you know, very seriously. It's not like you guys just don't throw out random stuff. And like, there's a lot of research and smart people behind the scenes. Um, but does the actual, not necessarily the person that's elected, but does just the idea, like there's, you know, midterms, there's a lot of, all the house reps are up for, you know, there's some senators up, senators up, there's some local officials up. Like, does that, does it cause you to maybe pause on some stuff? Does it cause some companies, if they're coming in from at international, be like, uh, I want to see how it shakes out because maybe there might be changes to taxes. There might be changes to regulations, maybe border issues. Like, do you find that mm-hmm. that comes into play a lot or is it not as severe as uh, like one might think? The Canadian um, businesses and Canadian people in general mm-hmm. do watch the United States uh, legislative system very carefully. 
They yeah. uh, they pay close attention to what's going on in our country, and I do think that it that they certainly think about it and say, hmm, uh, do I do I think that that this is that most of them are more liberal than 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 yeah, Canada. in Canada they mm-hmm. they just are uh, they are they are more liberal, but they're also business people. Mm-hmm. And if they are thinking of doing business here, the main question is, can I successfully do business? So although they may want to know, are, what are my taxes going to be, or what are the regulations going to be, in the end, they're making a decision, um, in addition to making a decision because there, there's a relationship, but they're also making a decision, Do if I add the numbers up, do they come out to I make I make a profit, and I can expand my business and make it worth having done the expansion that I that I had planned. They're going to analyze it. They're going to look at it. And if you have a, a, an increase in taxes, but you've figured out, you know, what's my profit margin? Mm-hmm. Can I still make a Can I still make a profit with this with this cost? If you know what the costs are and you know what you can sell your product for, it's 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 entirely possible to still do business. I, I find that I think that most people that they're doing business, uh, not most people. I, yeah, I would say most people doing business. They're always in the the game of trying to look for opportunity. Yeah, I mean, some people are just like I'm very comfortable. I'm I'm good. Like some people are just very um, you know set and just in that comfort zone and just want to roll that out or ride it out. Um, I think there's a lot of businesses that are always looking for the opportunity i think when the opportunity comes what happens is they're like anybody else like there's emotion involved in starting a business or buying something or investing in something so you you try to reason with it with logic but i think a lot of them once they get the once they kind of get it in their head they're like man i want to just make this thing work mm-hmm. and and sometimes you know the, and they're not they're going to look at it logically. They're going to go over the, the numbers and dollars and cents and time and, and mm-hmm. investment and all that stuff. But I, I feel like, again, even in like our business, if somebody's looking to buy a home and you hadn't, say you weren't looking to buy a home and then you're like, ah, you know, kind of throwing the idea around, but we're not really actively looking. Okay, great. I might come across the house and say, hey, Sue, I think I have something that you yeah. want to look at. Yeah. You go look at it. I'm like, I'm just going to look. That's fine. Like, just look. And all of a sudden you get there and you're like, God, I, I kind of really like this. Mm-hmm. And then that just starts that uh, whole wave of mm-hmm. like, okay, next thing I know, Sue's moving to the house. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. it's, but it's, um, but I think the idea is like a lot of people, once they get it on the radar, almost becomes kind of a consuming thing, depending on the size of the, of the investment for that business. You know, yeah. like relative, it could just be like another, what, another Starbucks storefront, whatever, just like it's not that big of a deal. But some people are like, if they're coming down to the States and they're from Canada, like that might be a massive pivotal point in their company and they're like mm-hmm. we got to make sure all our ducks in a row mm-hmm. um I, I just yeah it's that's just, when they rely on us right they rely on us to help them to weed through all that what about immigration what about incorporating my company what about returning my profits to my to my to my, to my um, home office what about all of these things it's kind of scary you know and it's scary for a person who's opening a business here in the U.S. as well, small business, a large business, uh, but especially the small businesses, you 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 know that it, it's it's making a complete change. Like your friend who finally left her job, yeah, her yeah. state job, right, yeah. and she yeah. became an entrepreneur. 
You got to think about that for quite a while before you do it Absolutely. because it's a big change. Yeah, you don't just right? wake up that morning and just be like, ah, screw it. Hey, hey, I'm giving my well, two Well, maybe notice. some people do, but they yeah. might not be successful I mean, that way. But yeah. I think they've been pushed to the edge at some point. Like, yeah. I don't think someone just normally in their day to day, it's not like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I don't know, I think I'm just going like, to quit real estate. Like, yeah, just, right. Like, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would logically get to, they, something would have spurred that on for, yeah. for a little bit of a time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, now the, the people that come down, what, what do you think the biggest sticking point for some of them are? with investing in in the united states it's it's that the i think for a lot of them it's that the market is so big in comparison with the canadian market and that they don't know the laws here they don't know the regulations here and that's why we put together the programs that we did so many years ago was you found people were hesitant because they didn't understand and weren't comfortable that they understood the system in the United States as compared to the system in Canada. Many things are pretty close to the same, but it's those little differences that are scary. What uh, what percentage of people that you or companies that you work with that you would say put their trust completely in you and just let you do your thing and just really kind of like, what does it say? Okay, great, and and run with that. Or what percentage is that, and what percentage do you think that it's like? Because you're still in the service industry, like yeah, there's still absolutely. level of that. So it's like, like I would look at like, hey, how many of your clients are just listen to you, and how many of your clients fight you on something? I, you know, I don't think that people want to fight you, but I think people do have they have an idea sometimes, and, and it's a good thing, right? This is the way that they do it. That might not be the way that we would normally recommend that they do it, but if there's a reason that they're doing it and it is working for them, then we need to figure out how to make that happen for them, if at all possible. Right? Mm-hmm. But let's say a person has a business and uh, they don't like to borrow money. That's, their, that's the way they do business. They don't borrow money. Well, we would normally advise that they finance their business with with uh, investment and you know, loans, and you keep that money in reserve that you have, so that you have money for that you know the, the period when you're ramping up and all those things. But if that person's not comfortable with that, if that person really wants to say, nope, what I do is I pay cash, mm-hmm. then we need to accommodate that. That's our job. It's our job to figure out how to make this work. Now, sometimes it just doesn't because of whatever there's a there's a regulation that is just not able to be overcome we had a we had a company one time and they really 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 wanted to open a a flying school here and they were really nice guys and we talked to them for quite a while we were way down the road and then it turned out what they wanted to do they wanted to bring the uh the trainees over from france now, if they'd have been coming from Canada, it would have been no problem. But 9-11 had happened there in the middle. Mm-hmm. And there was a regulation that said you could not bring people in with visas and train them to be pilots from any place other than the United States, Canada, or Mexico. Well, that can't be overcome. Mm-hmm. That just could not be overcome. And so, unfortunately, I see them all the time. I see them at all these conferences. And I say, hi, Terry. Hi, Eric. But I, 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 they, can't, they cannot do it unless that changes. So sometimes there are just not a way, there's just not a way for these things to happen. But if most people know their business, 
They may not know how to do business here in the United States, but they know their business, and they're mostly successful. That's why they think they can expand into the United States, right? It's because they're already they're already successful in Canada or New Jersey or Norway or wherever they're from, and so they 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 know how to run business. They just they're not sure how to do it here. Do you find that the people that you deal with that make decisions? Um, are they typically people at the very, very top, or are they sometimes maybe like upper leadership, but maybe not like the the founder or president or CEO or anything? Or do you typically get have to speak to someone at that level? Eventually, you've got to speak to somebody at, at the at the at the top, right? Sometimes uh, big companies will have people who are on their staff mm-hmm. who it's their job to look at opportunities, and then they have they they would then involve the leadership at some point so they might be leadership but not the very very top not the president not the not the uh, the ceo um and, and but eventually you need to talk to those ceos or cfos or and the and the presidents and the owners you eventually need to talk to them because they're the ones who actually make the decision so when you do you find that the people that make decisions are they pretty are they pretty like Let's cut to the chase. Blunt, quick. Usually, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I would. I, yeah, they're not. They're not usually uh, too uh, detail oriented. Uh, well, they're not. They they've got the details because they got the details from their team. Mm-hmm. And and into the, but they're not wasting time. Yeah. They, let's let's get to the point. Here is what I need. Can you provide that to me? This is this is this is what I want. This is the the terms. And then they are usually assertive. They usually know what they want, and uh, and and negotiate. They 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 know how to negotiate, right? So that so you're talking to a person who can make the decision. They've already gotten input from their from their staff, and now it's you're down to, are we going to do this or are we not going to do this? So how much of a negotiation are you directly? doing most I of it? don't do the direct, no? no I no I mean my job is to make the connections with okay the so you're people. not really having to make any major decisions towards the end no okay. no because because what my job is is to connect them to the people in in the the people who are going to they're they're going to be leasing from or buying from or or the people that they're going to um uh, the government is going to give them some sort of incentive or whatever it is. Those come from from my job is to make the connections. Are, are you usually in those meetings though, or are those kind of just done one on one amongst those? Depends. Okay. Depends. It depends. So, on but I'm, I'm kind of getting at like you've been in some of these pretty high level meetings with like some cool. I mean, some cool things are happening, but I'm sure like some big big players are involved and. Some big moving parts. Sometimes, and sometimes they're they're smaller, and and you know uh, the the ones that uh, that come that are three or four or five employees, and they've got an idea, or they're gonna they're they're gonna open a you know very small uh, kind of a f- well, just getting their toes wet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's a that's a smart way to do it. If you're a big company, you can say. But how many big deals are there every year? Not a, not a lot of those. No, right? those are like decade kind of things, right? Like, yeah. yeah, you yeah. know, here's there's not a there's not a Bombardier or a Nova Bus or a Norsk or a Schluter every day, you know. Um, although Nurse uh, Schluter started as a little thing, yeah, yeah, you know, and now has. Grown I feel like they got huge. like a was it Jack and the Giant Beanstalk with the magic beans? I think it's just right? like. 
But that's Rome. a perfect example. I mean, they started as this little warehouse with, I think, you know, eight people or something. Yeah. And now it's this humongous thing with all it's a this. Compound. It's a compound. It is. Yeah. You know, they've got stuff all over town, you know. Um, but those are the ones that are that, that are likely to be successful. They come in with a small operation and they let it pull them in mm-hmm. rather than trying to push, be pulled and that way you are not overextending yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of getting that foundation a little, a little stronger. Right? Um, it's a tricky thing, right? Well, no, I, I, yes. <laughs> the, uh, one, one company I want to ask you about, I, I've, I follow them a little bit, and they're, they're pretty fascinating, but uh, Beta Technologies? Oh, yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, and I, so I, I came across it probably a couple years ago now, um, and it was a, it was a story on the founder. I think his name's Kyle and he does a <laughs> ex hockey player and like Harvard grad. And I was kind of looking at, it, he's like, I like planes and I like Vermont. And he started this company, um, which is basically electric airplanes. And I think they're headquartered out of Burlington international. Yeah. And I was reading that the first one they came up with, which was like Aria or something they had like a name for yes. it, is uh-huh. stationed in Plattsburgh. Yeah. Oh yeah, they it, they but, they have an operation in Plattsburgh now. Yeah, which I didn't know that, but now I do now yeah. recently. So what can you speak more about that? That kind of what it is and what they do? Yeah. Well, they they make a thing called Evtals, which is an electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicle. Um and that uh so they 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 take off like a helicopter. Yeah. Right? Just awesome. they fly. It takes a lot of power to do that. Um, so there's another thing called a CTOL, and that is a conventional takeoff and landing. Conventional it, meaning more of like a it plane. It goes more, yeah, it takes off more like a plane, Horizontal but it's electric, kind of. right? So that it's an E, an ectol and an evtol, and the ectols are conventional. So they make evtols, and their, um, their specialty is cargo. So there's a lot of these companies that are springing up now because electric is the thing mm-hmm. you know that everybody's thinking well we're, we're gonna have to stop you know making the planet all you know keep it green <laughs> yes let's 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 not let's not not be uh contaminating where we live and um so there are a lot of these companies beta is one that is one of the furthest along in their process because uh, you have to be, the FAA didn't really know what to do with this, mm-hmm. right? Because it's new technology. Mm-hmm. So how do you approve these things? So they came to the conclusion, you know, each company's going to, the product is going to be needed to be approved individually. So if you're making planes, you're Boeing or your uh, Airbus or whoever you are, you have the same set of regulations that you have to meet. But with Evtal, the and 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 ectol this technology is so new they don't actually have regulations yeah so it's the wild wild west right right well and the and the technologies are different mm-hmm. so you need to have a way that you come up with these what how do i determine if thing this thing is actually able to fly and safe and can do the things that it says it can do so uh, each company needs to be approved by the FAA and they're working with FDA these companies are working with FAA to determine okay how, come come to a some sort of an agreement of, okay we 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 are showing you this is this is this acceptable to you do you agree that this is a, a safe way to do this a, a, a good way to do this and um, so they're doing the testing here 
and they're also doing other kinds of work here. So they're in one of the hangars out at um, at the at the um, uh, international airport, Plattsburgh International Airport, and yeah. they are. They have. We did a, a a reception there after one of our events, the B two B that we did last uh, earlier this year, earlier really earlier this year, and they did, we did a reception there, and they had all the models of the plane there, you know, and everything. It's really cool. How big are they? They they're they're I feel different like they could shaped. almost fit in this this room. Mine, the wings are probably a little wider, but yeah, like, not quite. A little bit bigger? Yeah, they're a little bit. Well, and it depends. So their company is making ones that are bigger because they're cargo. Yeah. Right? So if you're just going to be ferrying, some companies are saying, well, what I want to do is I want to do inner city uh, transport of people. So get them to the airport from the office or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, you see helicopters in like New York City do that. Right. Well, this would be the same kind of thing, only with an electric vertical takeoff and landing. But but for now, anyway, uh, Beta is concentrating on cargo. And so that's something where you, you, you need to be able to, to have a payload, right? And so you need a bigger kind of heftier kind of uh, vehicle in order, in order to do that than if you're taking two or three people. Yeah, because I think the, the article I'd read was, maybe I'm thinking of the first one they did. The first one looked pretty small. There oh. was a small one, yeah. yeah but they've since I was say they've expanded. Yeah, so and they're really cool looking. Have you ever seen they're the? They're all pic- white. They're all white. Yeah, yeah, but you would make them whatever the colors of your customer were. Correct. Yes. Right. Was right. I mean, if they almost look like it's almost well. If anybody's been in Norsk, like the white room of Norsk, I call it. Like it's just where they do all their fusion and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like you walk in there and you need sunglasses. It's just white. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so kind of looking at these planes, they're just like all white. But um, I think well. The cargo, obviously, like, number one is you kind of look at, like, the electric vehicle market, which is, you know, starting to take off. And mm-hmm. you're starting to see, I think, pretty much every commercial now has some level of, yeah. or it seems like most, I would say, like, 50 to 60% of commercials now are for electric cars, at least for the car commercials. Um, but what you're seeing, or what I think is going to happen, is obviously you're starting with the cargo, which, you know, makes sense. You start kind of in the commercial grade and start, but... Number one, it's going to be, you talk about the green aspect, cleaner. Eventually, it's going to be more cost effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because, and well, for most people, if you're not in, I mean, if you're in business, like, great, our shipping is cheaper. Our, what, like, a lot of things that you pay for, depending on the sector, might be cheaper because of the lack of gas and everything else. But then I think once you get into the residential aspect of it, I mean, we're going to see residential electric planes at some point in our lifetime that, you know, does the does the amount that they charge, or and I'm just like hypothetically throwing ideas out, like you would think that the cost to actually run these planes would be cheaper, based on like I said, if it, it's more fuel efficient, if mm-hmm. it, if if it's uh, you know maybe because of electric, depending obviously the batteries can be heavy, so you don't know, I don't know what the the weight dis, uh, dis, you know would be with just fuel versus a battery. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what the scientists do. They exactly. figure that all out. That's the R and D, and people way smarter than I am. But, but I think yeah, the total idea is like most people kind of like I t- kind of joked about this tea bag. Like, where did this tag come from? Well, it's kind of like I don't care where all the stuff came from the plane. If if I can fly from New York to L A for a third of the cost, like let's go. Yeah. And I think that, but I think that's going to end up happening. But I think that again, we talk about like more efficiency. We're talking about better technology. We're talking about just making things faster and, uh, or or cheaper or less heavy or less um, wasteful or all these things. But it's cool where like technology keeps growing. Like 
Mm-hmm. Beta Technologies to me is a very cool company. It is. And the fact that it's right across the lake and but now we're in Plattsburgh. It's in well, Plattsburgh. Which I mean, is... I should say it's founded across the lake. Right. Yes, and it's now it's now it's here as well, you know. And 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 um, the the when they before they were certified, right? So they you have to certify the plane to fly. And even mm-hmm. though the the whole FAA certification process isn't done for anybody. And no, none of the companies are, 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 are fully approved yet. They, you get approved for doing the testing and things. Well, but it wasn't certified for that yet. So they had to bring it over. And they had this great big helicopter. And Joel and I, you know, who works with mm-hmm. me, and you've interviewed him as well. Yep. Good, Joel good and I were out. We were practicing golf because we're not very good golfers. And <laughs> we had a tournament. So we were practicing golf so that we wouldn't totally embarrass ourselves. And especially me. And, <laughs> um, and we were at the barracks. And here come, we looked up and here's this great big huge helicopter with the the beta plane hanging from the bottom of it oh and they were transporting it across the lake so that they could begin to do the testing here and that was the first one that they brought over right and, oh that's cool and so so they had to go really really slow and there was nothing obstructing it because the lake is you know wide they just, open they knew you were right there they wanted to show it off and they wanted yeah right if it was <laughs> We got to watch it for a really long time so because cool. it was going so slow. But now they fly it all the time. And they've flown it to, I forget, Arizona or Tennessee. Or, I don't know. They've flown it a long way. But, but there's some like, I mean, you can really nerd out on some of this stuff because it's like it's fascinating. Like, it is. And to see it, like you said, see it up close and impersonal. And I think I saw, I think she posted, it might have been on LinkedIn or something. Molly Ryan was like in the simulator for it. And it's, it's oh, a, yeah. it, the cockpit is weird. It's almost more of like a helicopter style. But it's, it's kind of like... You know, if you've ridden a Tesla or anything, it's very minimalist. There's not a whole lot of like gizmos and gadgets. It does the job, but it seems like a very there's you know great the view and everything else. Like it, it's a it's cool. It's a it's very cool. cool. Yeah, I have a hybrid now. You know, if it's as my yeah. personal car, and it doesn't have a shifter. That was yeah. hard to get used to. It only has a button. You know? <laughs> so it how did drive? It has reverse, and then it has park, and it has drive and so you have it. to like go through and neutral buttons. and neutral uh, yeah, you, you push buttons? a button you push a button on the you know oh down but next they each to... have their own button they each have their own okay button. i didn't yeah. know if you're like like it's almost like like flipping through the channels like drive no reverse first <laughs> the, the, uh, so, that'd be cool too well, one, so like one of the one of the cool things about um tesla is if you if you drive and you want to change like if you want to go from drive to reverse mm-hmm. if you're going under five miles an hour you can do it and you don't have to go don't have to stop. Break. Don't have to put the brake no, or anything. You just, yeah. So like if you're driving and it's like kind of like lazy and don't really want to have the part to back in, you just go voot, voot, and then you can like do it in a continuous motion. And that's one of the things like it's it's cool that the different technologies that are coming out, but it's like little look, just something small like that. Like, yeah, right. Like I never even thought about that. But that's no, that's I didn't. Genius. You don't ever think about it, right? Like, yeah. like yeah, well, why am I sitting there holding the shift? I just want to hit a button. Just like, yeah. yeah, reverse, drive, like boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, you're sitting there and you're trying to go. You're, you're pulling the shift and you're going around like the. It's like following a maze. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like left, right, down, up. It's like, can I just go up and down? Like this is. Can I just hit a button? Like, can I just hit a button? Just make it nice and simple. Um, is, is something is companies like. Obviously, Beta, like I said, is more of a, uh, I would say, kind of a futuristic company. We're seeing that it can. Are there other 
things in the pipeline that you're excited about that might warrant something similar, like in the idea well, that beta is very visible. So we, you know, we see that because they've got planes and they're mm-hmm. and they're and they're uh, there's a lot of news out about them. Mm-hmm. But the companies that so many of the companies we have, they're they're doing really cool things. You know, we talked about we talked about Schluter, and and uh, I was recently in uh, in in Germany for uh, uh, meetings about authentic STEM, right, where opportunities for the students to get involved in STEM fields and, and see how that works and what uh, whether that might be something they might be interested in. Uh, because uh, it's not something that you just naturally, you know, say, oh, well, I think I want a career in science, technology, engineering, and math. Well, probably some people do, but for a lot of students, they just don't really know what that means. Mm-hmm. And so giving them an experience of being able to solve a problem uh, for a company and work out the work out how to do that using their their uh, the, the things that they have learned about science and technology and engineering and math as part of their their education is just exciting for them. Um, and I was in Germany. We were we were we were looking at all those kinds of things. And um, Schluter actually has their headquarters where we were. So that is the company that we did the pilot with was Schluter because they had uh, they had a headquarters in Germany, and there's a university that they're working with, the the, the University of Zeigen. and then we have the head, the North American headquarters here. And so the students from CV Tech worked with the students from Germany, and they came up with a solution for a problem that that Schluter gave them, and said, "Here, this is this project, pr- pr- production problem that well, I'm sure they could have solved it themselves, but they hadn't gotten around to it yet." Mm-hmm. They said, "Okay, here, students, you see how you would solve this. We're, you know, it's up to you. You you decide how best to solve this problem." Give us a solution. Tell us why you did that and how this is going to work. And if we like it, we will implement it. There I go again. And um, well, <laughs> waving my hands around. So, so they they did. They came up with an amazing solution to this to this um, this problem that they were given by the company from both sides of the Atlantic. Never met each other. Did the entire thing virtually. And so now the uh, the the uh, company is going to implement their solution, which is just really cool, right? Yeah. You know, and these students had an experience not only of working in science, te- science, technology, engineering, and math, um, but also in working with students from another country, and that's something for a rural area like this. A lot of kids will never have that kind of experience. Well, well, so we hope to expand it. Yeah, and you had to, was it Mariah who said implemented it too? It was it, it was um, it was Mariah. Yeah, so it, it was the CV Tech, Mineville. It was a CV Tech um, campus in Mineville gotcha. that was where the students were from. Um, well, I think, I mean, it's, it's, what you just mentioned, like science, tech, and technology, engineering, and math, like that's those are for sectors that are going to like lead us into the future mm-hmm. in everything like trust me i love real estate i love what i do i'm not coming up with brand new like life-changing things world-changing things 
Um, it, but, but there's a place for all of the things, right? No, correct. Correct. And I think that the more that students can find that that's like, I think that the more that those four get um, publicized, I think more, they attract more kids mm-hmm. um, and more kids find it cool to be a scientist because at a certain point in time, a lot of people went into science, but you know, then you had like the nerdy aspect like oh, science. Now it's kind of, I think, become kind of a cool thing like technology and engineering. Mm-hmm. And I think it, the stigma behind it is uh, more mainstream in the sense I think it will start attracting kids to it. I think that kids nowadays, because they start off doing stuff at such a young age, they're exposed to technology at such a young age, they're connected so much more that I think they're able to learn quicker than we learned. And oh, I yeah. think they're able to experience Absolutely. stuff that, like I, and, and I mean, like I didn't graduate that long ago. Kids nowadays are probably years ahead of whatever I was oh, learning yeah. when I was at like ninth grade. They're probably, right. that's probably a fifth grade thing they're teaching them. And sure. when you start to look at what they're able to accomplish and come up with, again, if they put the effort into science and math and tech and engineering, they're going to come up with some really cool things. They're going to solve really cool problems. They're going to solve, do things cheaper or more efficient or eradicate cancer or all these things that could happen. And you have just some kids right now that are working with German students at Schluter that are just kind of putting these things together. Yeah. But it's the practical hands-on problem solving. Let's think outside the box. Let's like really challenge the mind and not just regurgitate something out of a textbook. It's like, no, 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 like fix this problem. Like Mm -hmm. this is real world. Like Mm -hmm. Schluter's like, no, no, we're a big company. We just, we have a lot of stuff going on. Like you guys are going to do this. It's like, mm-hmm. cool. Like, like saddle up, let's go. And I, I think that, I think the practical application, I think I love like just the hands on mm-hmm. getting almost like a trial by fire to get thrown in, just figure it out. And, and kids adapt and they thrive in that. Oh, they do. And you know, they yeah. had all these things all set up, these fancy things set up for them to, to communicate with each other. Yeah. They, you know, never mind. We don't need that. You know, we, we're, we're just going to use Instagram. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> I'll just, I'll just slide in the DMs and ask them. Right? Well, exactly. Be like, Frederick, how'd you, uh, how'd, how'd you put that math problem together? Yeah, like, right? Yeah, you right. know, yeah, yeah. So, so they found their own way and they did it, right? You know, um, and, they, and the students found the, the parts of the, uh, I mean, it's, there's, there's STEM and that's a big thing, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, it encompasses a lot. So one student finds that they really want to be in IT. And another student says, you know what, that chemical engineering part, that was really interesting. So each one of them found a thing that they were really interested in. I don't think they had any idea that was where they were headed when they started. Mm-hmm. And now they are, one's going to Clarkson and one's going to this school and one's going to that school and pursuing the thing that they found that was interesting to them. And more ni- niche than It was probably. niche. Yeah, it was, it was more, you know, well, I th- I think a lane. And I think nowadays kids are exposed to more, more opportunity that, like, when I was 17, 18, deciding what I wanted to do, I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, I guess I'll just go to college and I don't know. Let me pick from one of these really broad topics. Right. I have no clue what I want to do. And I actually went, speaking of Dr. Naruthra, who's my, my uh, like I said, my um, my advisor, but I went into global supply chain management almost 15 years ago. And at that point, I thought that was really neat, like a niche well, thing. Well, it is neat. <laughs> but it was neat, but like a niche thing. Like it wasn't just business. Oh, like yeah. I'm going into... 
And it was the only one that I didn't know what it was. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know kind of what marketing is. I know what accounting kind of is. Like, I'll just go into th- and this. Is, and I told I'll him, pick this one. Huh? I just picked it because I'm like, it just sounded different. And I didn't know what it was. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'll just try it. And um, <laughs> it's a fascinating topic and a fascinating industry. It is. But I never knew what global supply chain management was when I graduated high school. You know, I went no. to college and I learned it. But like, when you start talking about these, these STEM courses and some kids, like, I like the chemical engineering, but I like how they, you know, fuse these atoms together and did this. And I'm like, you don't just learn that. And, and like, the, the quicker kids can get exposed to that, it opens mm-hmm. up a wider possibility mm-hmm. of options. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes it takes kids into college or even outside of college or even in their 30s or 40s to find something like, I really like that. And mm-hmm. I think the more you can expose early on, and get kids really finding that passion project early where they mm-hmm. love going to their job. Because if you like going to your job, you're going to create stuff. Yeah. You're going to do better because you, you're excited about it. You know, it's it's way better to do good work if you're excited about it. Yeah, than, well, and it makes life more fun when you yeah. can be doing something. You don't feel stressed out. You right? can hang out. Or maybe you find that, wow, I really like fixing cars. Well, Hey, you know, there, that is something that you can, that's, that, that you can be passionate about is figuring stuff out. There are some people who are just really good at figuring stuff out, right? I was watching, uh, my wife says I'm 80 years old, but I, I my uh, Sunday morning, I love watching Sunday morning, which is on CBS. Uh-huh. I don't know if you watch it at all, uh-huh. but um, I, I don't think anybody my age actually does watch it, but I love it because they go over, they do all these little small segments, and there might be 10 throughout the whole, it's an hour and a half episode, there might be 10 different segments. Some's on music, some's on culture, some's on art, business, um, history and they talked about one this past week it was talking about like America but they, it was based on the divide of America I think it was kind of preluding into the election mm-hmm. but one of the things that they talked about was the idea of the divide between the trades and that some people basically look down on people that go into the trades I've always looked at someone going into the trades you want to start you want to start um setting what you're going to get paid you're going to like because people well, yeah people don't know what they're doing and and the guy that they were interviewing had a whole school and they're talking about plumbing the guy's like i didn't want to go to four-year college who went to plumbing and found out it was a five-year apprenticeship but he goes i learned everything and some people are like well you know people look down on it because we like wear what? ratty you clothes you can make and, a lot of money well, being a plumber yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like we're in the ratty clothes we're dirty we're doing all this and, they, and they're like people don't think we're smart i'm like Trust me. See, if anybody's tried to do their own plumbing, oh yeah, no. like you want to say, like, give me a math problem. I'll figure a math problem out. Trying to figure out plumbing and look at it. No, and like, where do I no, twist no. this and pull that and shut the water off and <laughs> uh, no, flooding my house. Now exactly. I need and now I need the the mold guy and I need the the, the guy to cut <laughs> yeah. out the sheetrock. And it is better if I don't do my own plumbing. Yeah. So, but, for, for but sure. it's crazy that people like look down because CV we have a very good program at CV Tech. Oh, they do wonderful and, work. And I and again, I I will be first to admit, like when I was in high school, people that went to CV tech people just consider them like oh they're just not that smart they're going to cv tech because they're not they don't want to take physics or something and i'm like well no 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 like you look at all the things that those that they have as majors in that school it's incredible i serve i'm the chair of the advisory council for that and I, i am always amazed at all of the things that these different sectors that these that these students are learning, and yeah. that they will they come if, if you've ever been to their graduation, you know okay. the graduation, and they they um, uh, oh. will talk about you know the, like, the, this is the name, student name. Here's where they're going. This is the company they're going to work for. Yeah. This is the school they're going to go to. This is the certification they're going for. And I'm always amazed yeah. at all the things they're doing. 
Yeah, because 18, but I'm like, this kid knows how to build a house. He knows how to fix a car. He knows how to fix the plumbing. He knows. Yeah. I said, when you're in COVID and you're an essential worker, that's what we're talking about. Like, we were essential workers. Yeah. And he goes, like, in the middle of a snowstorm or, or something, we're, like, your heat's not on. Guess what? I'm, I'm like your savior. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and it's like, I don't care if you have all that fancy. <laughs> so I think that the idea behind, like, part of me, if, if real estate doesn't work out for me, I like. I think I, it's working out. Well, if it doesn't, Sue, <laughs> I, I've like I've seriously considered. Like, I want to go learn how to do electric. I want to learn how to do plumbing. I want to learn because I, I would have no problem turning that into a small business of that sector. Mm-hmm. But it's most people don't know how to do. And some of the benefit is you get to kind of like work, you know, hands on. You get to see. You get to build something. So there's that uh, gratification of like, like some some stuff you can't physically see. And mm-hmm. people do stuff and like you can, like I can see someone like closing on a home. Like you can see a, a deal eventually happen in the building up. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what we do is we don't physically see something coming together. Right. We're like, that's like the other day I built shelves down in my basement just for storage. Mm-hmm. But just the process of like picking out the materials, going down, like putting on some music. Just measuring it, remeasuring Measuring it, it, cutting it, ripping stuff, you know, like all these things, you know, screwing things together. But it was like, it was therapeutic. It was just relaxing. Like you were thinking, you were still challenging, but I didn't, it was just, it was relaxing. Sawdust is everywhere. Well, and you get to see the end result, right? You saw from start to finish. Like here's just a bunch of random, you know, lumber. Pieces of wood and some screws or nails or something. And I'm like, it's clean. I got, and and like, what was the purpose? Well, the purpose was I can get all the stuff off my floor vertical. It's like (laughs) safe storage or safe space with storage. But And you can um, put more stuff on the floor. We're trying to avoid that, <laughs> which, but the, uh, but the it, it was, is the idea like you could watch that happen, but someone in the, like I can build a shelf in my basement. I'm not building my own house. So when you get, and like when someone comes like I can change my toilet seat out, I'm not rerouting all my plumbing in my house, no. but there's people that can do that. And there's a lot of people locally that can do that. And I'm, I'm hoping, and this is what I was talking to Dr. Neruther in the last podcast about was like, how do you see how do you see college and how do you see like things working out? Because I think you're going to have a mixture of people going to college to get degrees that will legitimately need a degree for whatever they're doing. I think you're going to get a lot more people going into the trades. And I think the third thing is you get a lot of people going to specialty courses mm-hmm. that does That's happening now. Yeah. And I think, but I think you're going to get to the point where like when I was, when I graduated high school, it was basically what college are you going to? Like that mm-hmm. was, and this wasn't long ago. I mean, this was 2008 when I went to college. Like mm-hmm. that was the idea. I was like, you're just going to go to college. And now my mind is like, okay, this isn't that long ago or since then. Like I, I would seriously consider the trades and or specialty course, whether I wanted to go for like a graphic design course or like, you know, mm-hmm. CB tech, like cosmetology, something where you don't need a four year degree, but you might need a six month, one year, two year, like complete like immersion crash course in whatever but then you come out with some kind of certification or some kind of knowledge in that specific field and i think that those three are going to happen but the trades to me are the ones that we're seeing dip at a pretty high rate because like my grandfather's generation they all knew how to fix their stuff yeah and then it was like my parents generation there was less of that. My generation, there's less of that. Our kids, our my kids' generations, be less of that. So the kids that can step up and be explain the man, like everybody needs plumbing, everybody needs heating, yeah. but not many people know how to do it. Like, I mean, you literally are going to be setting your prices. Like, I think it's a, oh, they're doing that now. I think oh, they I are. Mean, but I think it's going to keep getting 
right. more lucrative for those people. And there's a lot of people who are have been the kind of people that are doing those things and really know what they're doing. And it's the kind of person who you were talking about. Okay, so they, they look at it and they say, oh, yeah, well, I know what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how did you know that? Because I've been fiddling around with this thing, and I had no clue. And you just walk up to it and say, "Yeah, I know it," and uh, they're right. But those part, those people are now retiring. Yeah, well, that's that's it. And and uh, I I read this thing one time. It was funny. And I'll just kind of paraphrase the story. The guy comes over, and he looks at the problem, and it's plumber. Let's say it's a plumber. Comes over, looks at the problem, and because I I I know what it is and he he fix it. it takes him five minutes to fix it right. guy gets a bill two hundred dollars he goes and he goes two hundred dollars you were here for five minutes he goes oh no 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 ten dollars is for the five minutes i was here 190 was because i knew where to hit the hammer like that's, and that's, <laughs> yeah, the exactly. idea was like i'm charging because exactly. my knowledge not exactly. like if you knew what i knew like you could have done it in five minutes it's easy <laughs> but it's so true because you look at something and you're like yeah anybody that knows what they're doing is they fix it or figure it out very quickly mm-hmm. me i watch 18 youtube videos i go to the store three times and <laughs> yeah. i call two of my buddies up and i'm like okay how do i fix this and the next thing i know it's the problem rolls into something and then and then I'm someone who the knows. I'm to replace the sheetrock, and then I'm just right. hiring somebody anyway. Yeah, so. right. So we'll just because was it like uh, you Plan think, B? You think hiring a professional is expensive? Try hiring an amateur. It's or, kind of that. Or the story where the guy says, "Well, um, what if I help? Will it be less?" And he said, "No. If you help me, it'll be more. <laughs> it's two hundred dollars if I if I do it. If you help me, it's three hundred dollars, right? Because they, what do they call it? hold, hold the dummy in the end way. of the ruler. Just, just, the, the just, just in my way. Yeah. Measuring tape. Just like yeah. Just go stand down there. <laughs> just completely. Please, please uh, don't. make sure it's not flush against the wall, right? Um, so, so the the uh, so back to the school program. So, the school program that you that you went over to Germany and kind of looking at, and the local students were dealing with. That's something that you're trying to expand to more, more schools. schools and more more companies, right? So, um, getting more companies to offer that opportunity to the to the students. Um, we had three programs over the last year. Um, though there was one at the Mineville campus. There's one in Malone that was middle school students. The Mineville students were high school students. And then there was a program with Upward Bound at SUNY Plattsburgh oh, cool. over yeah. the summer. Yeah. So these three pilots doing all different ages and different, you know, uh, institutions, um, were all very successful. The students had a wonderful experience. The companies liked the experience mm-hmm. of of uh, having the students they see it as a way to um, help students to decide perhaps that 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 this is a, a field that they'd like to go into and maybe some of them come to the company to work or maybe they spread the word to their friends and say hey you know that whole science, technology, engineering, and math stuff that I did, that was really interesting. And by the way, did you know, yeah, we went to, to Schluter, and do you know the cool stuff that they make there? You know, yeah. or another company, you know, and, and, and like we were talking about, there are so many interesting things that are made in our community. They're behind those, those warehouse walls that people don't know about and um, exposing the students to that and helping them to also realize that working in a manufacturing um, facility is not necessarily there are less and less of the uh, you know I just push a button and uh, something happens and uh, assembler kind of mm-hmm. m- you know manual labor kind of stuff um, you, you you often see robots and things now in, in the manufacturing plants 
but somebody needs to program that that mm-hmm. machine. Somebody needs to do the testing on the product. Somebody needs to uh, to uh, manage the facilities. Uh, so there's a there's a plant, and there's things that need to be maintained. And there's those things are all professions that people could be involved in that are not what we traditionally think of as being uh, a manufacturing job. You know. Well, I I. Uh... Tesla had one of their big events a couple of weeks ago, and they introduced the AI bot. Okay. Which walks out like it's a robot. It literally. Oh is a yeah, robot. I heard about that. Yeah, I also heard that they they still need to work on that because it kind of falls over sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a prototype. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not. They're not rolling this out. Boom. But yeah. what was crazy? So one one thing was I had read that this bot mm-hmm. um, is going to be sold to consumers, which. It's like it's change, it's change, right, Sue? So it's getting sold to consumers, but it'd be under twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So the idea is like you could hire, like, could I hire someone here that's a robot, and that robot for twenty thousand dollars works twenty four hours, three sixty five around the clock, and can do everything I need done. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about the like a massive leverage point. But Tesla is going to be putting these in their facilities. And the, the idea is like, well, by bringing in technology that you're obviously replacing jobs, which means someone's without a, without a job. So I can see that. But then I also, I've heard the argument that with those jobs being eliminated, there's a, a chance that those people are then going to tr- either come up with new jobs and or probably... I don't want to say reach for like reach for a different kind of job, but like to the point where if that job gets taken away, that they're going to end up one either creating a job for themselves, figuring out something, or striving to get to a level where they can get another job that would be of value. Well, so, the the companies are are going to train people for different jobs because because mm-hmm. a lot of what is driving this in implementation of the robots and the robots don't usually look like people if you look at these robots they're like arms that a metal arm that goes you know oh, well the, the tesla bot does. it does look i like mean, a, I it, mean does. it does it looks like it does look like a, yes. it, it does look like a person but most of the of the robots that are in yeah. the manufacturing arms world, are swinging around oh yeah you know stuff, it, yeah. And, you know yep. it, it does some particular function mm-hmm. but uh, and 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 the students when they were working on this problem, so there was a there, there was a, a plate that went on a drain, and it, so it's two pieces. Now you have to be able to take these two pieces apart because you have to be able to clean it. So it's a shower drain, right? Because Schluter makes things that go in showers and you know bathrooms and things. Or whatever. Yeah, the, well, the, it's they have underlayments yep. and they have all. So this particular thing was this this part that is metal it's two pieces that goes um uh, it's the drain it goes on it connects to your to your plumbing that we don't know how to do and (laughs) and there were two screws and so all day long the person is doing these putting these two screws uh to put this thing together well this is not a very fun job Mm -hmm. the students when they were first assigned this probably said what happens to the to the person who has this job is he going to lose his job and what the company said was, we'll come, uh, we'll have another job for that person that is more interesting, more challenging, and yes. we will train that's, them to do it. Yes, right. Exactly. So that's what's going to happen, and that's what's happening now is that they're training people to do other jobs that and, are not this this meaning. And, and that's why I said, like the other jobs are going to be 
like I said, strive. Like they're going to be at that next level. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to be right. like you said, not changing out, moving point A to point B with your hands. It's more right, more stimulating, I guess, or more exciting, or more like I guess. Uh, you see very little of that now. So in in yeah. in some of the more advanced plants, you you hardly see people doing something like moving apart from one place to another yeah. place. It's not like the Model T for like assembly. Well, line, and like. that's you know, so that was part of the thing with manufacturing was with monotonous, right? You did the same thing over and over again. Well, they're not doing that anymore. We're not going to. I know this. <laughs> getting wild here folks. i know right um uh, so so they learn new skills and they learn to be able to do things like programming like monitoring the system to make sure it's working properly like uh you know uh like doing quality testing on the thing the, all of those things are more interesting and challenging and the company provides the training because there is a shortage of people. Yeah. So if you if you have a person, you don't want that person to go off somewhere else. Have you found that the uh, the um, hiring shortages and stuff is that affected anything in your position or people coming in? It, yes. Um, one of the first questions that we're asked now, uh, probably the first question that we're asked now is, would I be able to find the people that I need? Mm-hmm. Because you, that's that is what is the value uh, that that uh, company has now is they have they have their workforce, and without that workforce, they can't make things. You know, they even if it is a lot of robots and things, you can't or a service business. Uh, you know, uh, having people who can, and they're finding new ways to to do things like. How do we take orders for for a, a, a food order? How, how do we fulfill a food order? You know, you pick it up when you go into uh, the 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 you go you order it you order it oh, online. Yeah, Chipotle today. And you what right? Yeah. yeah, right. You know, I do it all the time. You mm-hmm. I pick it up. They know who I am. They say, Oh, Sue. You know, here, here's your here's your usual. Right. <laughs> and and you you're 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 you interact with them only to say hi. You know, yeah. nice to see you today. Um, somebody still has to make the product, uh, whatever it is, the food or whatever, but there is less of that service, um, you know, element there because there's a shortage of every kind of employee. Mm -hmm. And we're finding that there is technology used now to, uh, to, to do some of the functions that humans used to do. But there certainly is not a shortage of jobs available. The yeah. unemployment rate now in 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 Clinton County is like three point two or something. Yeah. Well, I think that part of that too is if there's more, which is not a bad thing. There's more jobs than there are people. Then that's where a lot of the lack of, um, you know, the, or I say the vacancies of jobs are too. Like, hey, I need people, but everybody's got jobs you know or or they're doing something different or they took like i said the pandemic they mm-hmm. knew they didn't have to work at the restaurant now they want to start their own thing they can do it online and make the same right. amount of money and yeah don't have to change out their pajamas like right. I mean, there's some, <laughs> and that's there's, there's perks there's some work perks there, there you know you and, uh, yeah yeah um but i think overall um you know going away from physically having people do jobs i think really it's going to it's like anything, people adapt and they change and it ends up typically being better. I don't think there's much, I don't think there's a lot of in stuff in history if you like went through and said like it didn't get better. I mean things, we're trying to get better overall. There's some, you run the snags and stuff, but I'd say overall like we're better off now than we were 70 or 100 years ago and that's better off than 500 years ago and that's better off in certain capacities. But I would say majority of it, it's good. You could argue, well, there's not as much. 
no, people are looking at their phones too much. Okay, well, that's like low-hanging okay, fruit. But, yeah. you, but you could also look at, well, people are more connected. People have you know more technology. They can learn faster, which then allows them to do stuff faster and allows us to adapt faster. And there's pros and cons to everything. Ev- everything. But mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like a stock market. Like if you're talking about like the idea of a human improvement and you go up and down, like like really stretch it out over the uh, the life of or, or human life, like people didn't used to have like simple like a wheel and now all of a sudden you have electric cars driving around and you have beta planes flying up vertically and all these crazy things that we're probably in 50 years gonna be like oh my god remember that old you beta remember plane? that you, re- you remember that uh yeah that thing that was really primitive you know we're soon, we talked about it really highly in 2022 we're like wow look at that thing right you know and i was like i oh, yo, whatever but, uh, when you talked about the te- the tesla robot you know what i think of when i think about i think about rosie from the jetsons do you remember yeah. rosie the, the robot in or she looks a little bit she looks a little different but. she looks a little different but yeah. you know that was the idea in you know, whatever that was, 1960 or something. I mean, the Jetsons had a beta plane. They did have a beta plane. And do you remember it It, it folded up into a suitcase? The, I mean, that was just, that was good storage. I it mean, really was, right? Put it around the shelf be like, that's a, imagine if your car, the garage, the garage would be out of business. Well, you like, didn't have to have a garage because he got out of the little saucer thing, you yeah, know, and, and, he, and it went, and it became it became a, a, a briefcase, and then he carried it in to work with him, you know. Well, it's like so, uh, when you talk talking about like AI and the metaverse and things like that. Like, could I like I like doing podcasts in person? There's an element of in person that's different. Than yeah, if I, what, it's nice to be able to look across. The, yeah, the, and like, you know you're laughing and you're going, oh yeah. I've done one or two like virtual, and they worked out fine. But there's the level of it, like being in the same room with people. But I mean, you're getting to the point with like just the idea of like the metaverse, where like could I. Like, could you be at your house and be like, eh, I'm just going to buzz in from my living room, but then we're both in the same room, but we're not in the same room, but it feels like we're in the same room. Because that opens up possibilities too when you talk about like, what could you do? Like you, you know, could you be down in Myrtle Beach or could you go to Germany or could you go and your those kids that are working with the kids in Germany are doing it in the metaverse, but they're literally in the same metaverse room, but it feels like they're actually here. Oh, yeah. I mean, like we're not quite, I'm, we're, I've not never done that, but I'm doing a, a presentation for the International Economic Development Council oh, a couple weeks, and it's about the, we, we won an award for the North Country um, Good Life um, uh, website and all the material, the things that we have with that, and it, that is a website that we have to help people who are thinking about moving here to work here or live here um, to know about all of the things that we have here in the North Country. So it's got all sorts of information about, you know, schools and uh, housing and and, uh, recreation and jobs and um, where you might um, practice your religion and where you might have uh, 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 services for your elderly mother. And it just has all of this stuff, you know, and it, the cost of living and all these kinds of things. And we won an award for it for, from the IEDC. And so they contacted me a little while ago and they said, could you talk about that? Well, I'm not going to Atlanta. I'm going to do it from my office and I'm going to be making a presentation from my office and talk about this, this thing, which is already a technology-based thing, right? There is no physical, there is not a piece of paper anywhere on this on this North Country uh, Good Life uh, initiative, it's all virtual. It's all getting your information from from a website, and uh, and, and that is 
going to get more and more and more and more. And we will have the metaverse. Have you ever played the games, you know, with the... With the I haven't yet. With I the Oculus I did. Thing? I did. And it's actually... I'm no good at any of that stuff. But a friend of mine has this one where you actually are... You have to go through a, a, a maze. And you duck and you do the whole thing. And it actually was really to music. And it was, uh, it was, uh, Imagine Dragons was, oh, uh, yeah. 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 And you know, so it's a really, you know, fun piece. Pumping you up. Yeah. You know, and so you're, you're, you're ducking and you're <laughs> weaving and your whole thing. And it's amazing how fast you adapt to. Yeah. Oh, you're, having, you're in that world now. You're in that world. Right. And, uh, and, and it seems real. It actually, you can feel like you are in that maze and you're, you're and you're not i mean like selfishly like i like playing golf and we live in a terrible area for golf meaning like we only get a few good months out of the yeah. year like i'll put some like some glasses on and i'll just swing a club that has a sensor on it and i'm just i'm just in my own little, little zone with glasses i'm actually playing a course yeah like that i'm like it's well that's free. the same it's, kind of it's thing it's 20 degrees below zero and i'm like in my basement just swinging and my wife will walk down and be like what are you doing what are you and I'm doing like, not now i'm playing pebble beach <laughs> like just leave me alone that's but, a good one. But I think yeah, I think that's like that's coming around. I've the never end. played the real one. I've only played the virtual one. I can't afford to play the real one. No, but that's but it's like one of those deals that it's just like a uh, the possibilities are really cool when you think about yeah. it. You let your mind expand and I'm like, I mean, I won't come up with that. I don't really want to, but someone will and I'll pay him to play it. Like that would be right? cool. Like I'll right. I'll get the headset and I'll I'll look like I'll be The whole I'll, techie stuff is fun, right? You know? I mean I I I, I embrace it and I think it's fun when you like you realize the technology that's out there that you don't even know about. And mm-hmm. then you come across, you're like, when did it, well, A, when did this come out? And two, how have I not heard about it? And three, when can I get it? Because mm-hmm. it's like, it just makes your life easier and really, you know, or more fun or more fun or, or, or relaxing or more efficient or whatever, whatever. That, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> sign me up if it's any of the above. Um, I don't know. I just think that that stuff's really cool. And uh, there's so much things out there. And again, it becomes more, um, consumable and becomes more easier to get and it becomes more cost efficient and over time like mm-hmm. something that you know you're like I, I can never afford that now you're like that's not really not that bad like, we, you know, like well it's not that bad after it's been out for a little bit right yes. the, the technology comes down in price and Correct. they have to yep. invent a new thing so we can pay lots of money for it that's or I mean I love Apple but every year or two years they come up with some one little new thing and then there's another thousand dollars like nah like i let my i run my phone to the ground and then i switch it but um i still have a, a an apple two uh watch they have they're on seven now <laughs> hold strong sue hold right strong. you know it still works why do i need to know well, it was funny when i pulled out my one of my old phones i forgot i don't even know which model i have now but um i have an iphone i pulled up my old iphone my old iphone the whole thing fits inside the screen of that iphone oh yeah so you're like so when I first had the um, the iPod, and you're like, and oh, yeah. when it went Remember down to those? like the Nano, <laughs> I do. I actually used um, was it yesterday? I forgot. Yeah, those were only about an inch and by an inch. It, yeah, it was. It was like a. It was, it was a very thin thin profile, um, and all it had was the center button, and yeah. you just moved your finger around. Yeah. Um, I think I had the Nano. Mm-hmm. I had one of those. And the iPad Nano, and there was like the shuffle, and yeah. um, I hated the shuffle because you didn't know what song was next, but the <laughs> Nano is like, if I want to hear Imagine Dragons, I'm going to go find Imagine, <laughs> Imagine Dragons. Dragons right. Now, the crazy thing is like you open up your phone and have Apple Music, and I have like, I'm like, what song? Let me just download it right, right. now. And if I can't remember what it is, and then I just do a search, and then it comes up. Yeah, because search, I knew like, two words of the song. I know like three of the correct lyrics of the song, and then I'm like, good, found it. Like, yep. that's the song oh, I want. Yeah, right, and I'm like, yeah. wait, that's what they've been saying all these years? 
But I think like, exactly. <laughs> yesterday, I was saying something. I was like, "Yeah, I'll just like I'll get it on CD," and I'm like, "Oh no, you no, won't! No, I, you said, won't! Not on CD. I'll get. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna have it stream right to my phone. It's just crazy that with all this, like, I'm looking at CDs now in my house. I'm like, what am oh, I gonna do with those? I'm like, oh my god, I love that album. I'm like, why don't I just go on my phone? And, and plug it in and they bring up that album plus the other five that I never bought back then because they're all 12 bucks each and I had no money. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy the whole catalog from every single person. Um, or you're like, watch a movie. Like Netflix had this thing on a CCR and I was like, I started watching it and I was like, great. And I'm like, oh my God, awesome. Then I, down, then I went to CCR and I was like, I forgot they had this many songs that were that good. Yeah. Um, so I started listening to him. That was just the playlist for the day. It was just mm-hmm. like, just like John Fogarty, just like jamming out. Like I mean, it was good, but it was like I never like back then. I've been like, oh, I'm going to go to like the, the record store and buy my CD, and then the go. record store. Remember the record yeah. store? Yeah, it was kind of fun. The, I don't mind the. I'm not as big on the record store. The one thing that I really miss because they're depleting is bookstores. I love bookstores. Oh yeah, I'm a bookstore guy. Yeah, I could get lost for hours in bookstore. It, I love to actually look at the books and, you know, read the back of it and the and then the flap and find out, you know. Open it up and see how big the font is. And like, I like that one. The other one's too small. <laughs> I, I buy... I, As you get older, that gets worse. I know. There's nothing I buy more in life than books. Like, I, I buy so many books. I know. I see your I see your postings and you're like, oh, this book. Oh, this book. Oh, this book. Yeah. yeah. I read, it's I read, usually I read, some kind of uh, self-help kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of the genre. I have a couple that I'm like, ah, oh, those are good fiction books. But then I'm like... If I'm going to read, I feel like I need to read for knowledge versus read for just enjoyment, but I, or not enjoyment, but like for entertainment. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I need to throw some entertainment stuff in there, but Absolutely. I'm like, but I'm like, oh, I'm just going to read it. I just want to read it. Like I want to read something I'm going to get something from. But, um, so last thing I'm going to ask you, what are you most excited for right now in, in life? Oh man. Well, you know, I have, uh, I have a granddaughter who is, she is a senior in, college and she's going to be a teacher so she's going one more year after this right the four-in-one program the four-in-one program and what's her you know what major yeah she's a she's a a elementary school teacher is what she wants to be okay nice and uh, my grandson is uh, going to graduate from high school this year and it's just fun to watch them as they grow and as they find their way yeah you know and um and they are they're people that you know now they were they were were little these little tots you know and and now they're they're these they're grown-ups almost you know and it's so fun to watch them and the pride that my daughter and my son-in-law have for for their for their children it's that's i that i'm excited about that i guess that's a grandma thing right well i think it's a the full circle of like you get like I have a way different more I have a different perspective having kids but also a different perspective of my parents and my grandparents now mm-hmm. that I've had kids uh-huh. so like you have kids who have kids so that's I, I'm assuming just a whole nother level perspective oh, which is, is cool right you know it's just it's just fun and I you know I I, I do so much th- so much with my work and I love my work but I just find that exciting that they're that they're just they're just wonderful people yeah that's yeah, if nobody's uh, Sue is beaming, she's almost beaming as much. Or I should say, the most you've beamed, even though you've been beaming the whole time, we've been talking about <laughs> economic development. So, um, but Sue, we'll wrap it up there. I always love talking to you. I love talking to you too. I feel it's like always fun. It's fun, but I think like people, if they listen, like you just realize that I, I call Sue. 
there's a few people in the area I just consider thugs. Like thug meaning like they just, they like own it. Like they're just, they know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't Su- think I've ever been called a thug Su- before. Sue's Su- Su- a genuine thug of economic <laughs> that's development. That's like, so funny. You don't mess with her. She knows what she's doing and she's very good at it. So um, there's a few people that I'm just like, you just, they just, just listen to them. They know what they're doing. They, they, uh, that is so, so funny. You are, um, yes, you're a very good asset for the North country and chamber and all, all that good stuff. But, um, and the school program, obviously very cool and everything else. If anybody wants to check out more of Sue, Chamber of Commerce, you can reach out to her if there's any bit. Hopefully there's people listening that want to do business and, and, and Sue's, yeah, Sue's your gal. Give, so. give, us a, give us a call. We'll, we'll, the, the, chamber, the Chamber Economic Development Team will be there to help you. Joel like, and myself. The, the bat symbol comes out and they all come flying, flocking oh. out. And make it, <laughs> Joel, I didn't even get into this. I wanted to mention this. We'll save it for another day, Sue, and I'll probably have to have him on. Joel's videos... Oh, aren't they fun? They're amazing. I, I was there when he was we, when he was making them. I was there, you know, yeah. as we were doing all the all on the, the job setup with Joel. It, on the job with Joel, they're and they incredible. Were, they were just so much fun to do because you know he's doing all these things, showing how to do this work, and they're you know they're having him do these things. I, I, feel, I feel like I can't. I don't want. I almost don't want to admit to Joel the amount of time I've watched those videos. They're fascinating. <laughs> Like I never thought I'd be as excited to watch Joel like connect wires, like, or, or or use a use a a, a drill or a, or a anything. screwdriver, or you know, and, and he just made it fun. I think. Oh, he's to listen great. To. He's... And I th- that that's another one of those things you know really help people to see the experience well, of the ex- doing that. It's the exposure. You bring yeah. knowledge to it. Like you yeah. that vapor rail doing something, and Billy Jones was there, and they're doing. I forgot exactly what that project was, but. You know, you had a couple of people there. They helped them out. They showed them what to do. And next thing you know, they're kind of like... Doing they were doing milk. lamin... Yeah, I wasn't actually there for that one, but I did watch it. They were doing the lamination on the window. Yeah, the there, there's thing. a bunch of weird... I mean, and, and that's what... It's, it's hard to explain because half the stuff you don't even know what they're doing. It's like, like I know uh, they were connecting wires at one place and he was yep. talking about how to do the wires. I think it was for the train. And, mm-hmm. and it's like... But like you said, somebody's got to make that. It yeah. just happens to be in Plattsburgh. But <laughs> yeah. Joel does an incredible job on that. And I, I just, they're entertaining. One, because Joel is a oh, very yeah. good host. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But and two, he's very, he's very, um, he's very uh, humble about it, right? He's like, they're going to let me do this, but you might want to not ride in the train. You're lucky you're on, behind the screen. They're, they're, they're going to, they're going to go behind me. Honest, they're going to go behind me and check this well, out. Well, I think it's going to go too far when all of a sudden I see that Joel's driving a beta plane around. Like, <laughs> someone bring Joel down. He cannot stop. <laughs> Joel, get down. Be safe. Let let the FAA people do that. That, so. that, that, that might be a good plan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to end there. Uh, episode uh, 208 of the Galen Trombley Show with Sue Matten. We're out. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.